Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. We have a guest today, Evan. This is Teresa Riley. She is a musician, an actress, a producer, a writer, a swing dancer. <laughs> <laughs> swing dancer. Swing dancer. Not just a swinger. Swing Not dancer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for clarifying. Not just a <laughs> wow. Um, You've got this not so serious uh, yeah, we should kicked yeah, off to Cheers to that. <laughs> Let's just start with this beer. <laughs> so this is um, Red Trek Lager. Uh, NWA, so it's a hoppy like hoppy. Um, oh, not red truck, just red truck. Because oh, they sorry, do a, yes. they do a lager. Red truck brewery, right? Yeah, I'm just so used oh. to drinking their lager. Yeah, the red truck <laughs> brewery, um, and this is yeah their NWA. Uh, so it's um, it's like a hoppy kind of ale. It's delightful. Yeah. It almost tastes like coffee. <laughs> coffee. You're getting here. coffee in there. It does have a little bit of that coffee. Yeah. We, we, you That's know, with the I beer, like when we introduce a beer every podcast, we never know when it's going to happen, so it's always a surprise. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But we just, you raise the glass, so we're like, beer time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to let it sit there when it's cold. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I'm like, oh, it's like, are there people who are listening who are just like waiting for us to talk about the beer? Yeah. I sure hope not. <laughs> Why? Wow, you hope not? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, mean, you like, hope, like, they're like, like I just get be- over with all this art stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like, if you're, this is just, this is a podcast podcast just about beer it's like well beer is an important part of it but. <laughs> it's something we do especially like as podcast. it gets to the end yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when the guest enjoys the beer so i good. do and i don't drink a lot of beer but i like i like this oh good good so mm-hmm. all right for red truck yay red um, truck <clears throat> and that's as far as the beer conversation goes <laughs> typically <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so well I mean, we talk about just about anything on this. I mean, I was thinking we could talk a little bit about music. We could talk about what you're producing. We can talk mm. about... Well, a little bit before we got on here, you're telling us about you. You have two bands. Two yeah. different... Yeah, so tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Well, I have one band, which is called T. Riley, and it's um, all original stuff. And then another band, we do mostly covers, and it's called The Bourbon Rebels, because we do a lot of jazzy swing Cool. stuff that people can dance to <laughs> <laughs> bourbon rebels you can dance to it <laughs> and uh, yeah because i was getting a lot of people from uh, the swing jazz world that were a little bit surprised when i did my original stuff so my original stuff however is takes kind of from every genre yeah. one of the georgia straight guys uh, john lucas reviewed my last album <laughs> Can I say the F word on here? Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah? yeah. Okay. It's I think like it said <laughs> fuck five times in the review, but it was it was in a good way. Uh. He was like get, <laughs> T Riley clearly doesn't give a fuck. She incorporates <laughs> elements of rock, country, <laughs> jazz, bebop, blah blah blah. So, and, and anyway, he went on to say how and all in one song. How does she do it? She clearly doesn't give a fuck. Blah, blah. <laughs> so I think it was an okay review. I That's think awesome. he, he liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just let the creativity flow for my original stuff. I try not to censor it too yeah. much. Yeah. I was gonna say this. The immediate follow up question that comes into my mind is. Do you give a fuck? 
<laughs> or is he true? <laughs> I try not to give a fuck, but sometimes I do. <laughs> and we were just talking about that, Brandon and I, about how much should you give a fuck? Because I, <laughs> we said I it love this in this different yeah. terms, but because um, I, I interpret giving a fuck meaning you're you care what other people think. Right. And I think the best art is when you don't care what other people think, but at the same time, if you get too self-indulgent, you can lose people, and then it just becomes about you. But yeah. I think that's usually the best art, is when you really just don't care what people think. You're just trying to be as authentic to yourself and your vision as you can. Yeah. And to be quite honest, anytime I've written a song that's been that close to authentic with yeah. myself, it's been the one people like. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I, I mean, I've heard your stuff. I really like it, and I have your CD in my car. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but I was actually at a sound designer's place last night because we we're doing this uh, pre-screening of a movie that's going to con, and um, and on his like yes, yeah, amazing sound room, but on his monitor, like one of his many monitors, he said there's this one little thing, and I read it was. Uh, um, something like, is that, is that, is that great sound or is, or is, is that, is that a great sound or is that your ego? This, like this, you know, so, and I, I thought that was kind of a, an interesting thing because yeah. you know what you said earlier, it's like, I don't really give a fuck, but are you doing it because it's like self-indulgent or are you doing it because you're really trying to find your sound, you mm. know, and, and express whatever you need to express? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of it is, um, you know, getting yourself out of, like getting yourself out of the way to me, that's where, because yeah, like not giving, not giving a fuck. <laughs> this podcast might be titled that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's like censors warning. This one's definitely not for your kids. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> but it's like, you know, if it's, you know, sometimes I think that that attitude can be a bit of a put on in itself. It's just like, yeah, I just don't give a fuck, you know, like, and you, and, and then it becomes a self-indulgent thing. Whereas it's not so much like you just, you don't care, but like, it's, you care, you, you just care about the, about what it is that you're doing. You just care about the song that you're writing. You care about the performance you're giving, you're giving as opposed to you in it necessarily. Right. Does that make, if that makes yeah. any sense? Well, when you say it's put on, then I think you are giving a fuck because it's fake. Oh, yeah. yeah no, absolutely. That's the... But I, th- I think, like you say, when, when you're giving a fuck about the song and not what people think and not what you think even. Yeah. You're giving a fuck about the song and being true to the song. It's like a little baby. It's like you want to make, you want to save that baby and make it grow and be a healthy person. Yeah. Rather than... I'm going to be famous because of this baby, or people are really going to like this baby, then the baby's just your your meal ticket or something. That's a great way to put the analogy. And I was thinking about, you know, the whole thing, because I've heard that, uh, you know, I don't care or don't care or whatever. And it isn't that you don't care. I, I really think it's that you care deeply. It's just mm-hmm. that you care about something that, you know, you, you care about the thing in and of itself. You care about the baby yeah. or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I think about that, like, with movies and stuff, it's the same way, like, because you could do it and, and caring about what everyone else thinks, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I remember, because I've written uh, my, my web series as well, yeah. same thing, and with some songs, I remember thinking, like, I felt something so clearly. It was just a clear, this is what it is. And I was so scared people weren't going to like it, and I was so scared people were going to judge it in so many ways. And when I just 
closed my eyes and went, screw y'all, I'm doing it the way it's supposed to be done, you can all hate me, then everybody's like, what? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, well, I, I think that makes you a leader, you know, because that's what people want. Mm. That's what people want to do. I think people want, like, we're all vulnerable, and I think people want to see that. You know, they want to see someone actually go out and, yeah. and I do think the thing. They do, and they, do, they consciously don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like people, an audience. When they gravitate towards someone, because all the greats, they really don't give a fuck. Yeah. And all the greats tell you, don't listen to anyone else. Do what you're meant to do. And yeah. just do that. Because people respond to, to honesty. Yeah. People respond to truth. And yeah, I think it is this subconscious thing. That, like, you know, maybe it's, I think it's an important thing to be aware of if you are in an artistic medium. Like when something strikes you, like for me, I immediately go, it's like, it's because it, it, it strikes me as being the truth. Yeah. Like it's, it's as being honest. There's nothing put on. There's nothing false about this thing. You know, I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of that, but I think if you're an artist, it's important that you are aware of that in your, not just your work that you're telling the truth, but in other people's work as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting. I, I think, I think like the whole thing with authenticity and caring, it's really hard. I think a lot of people don't do it because you're going to experience haters out there to some degree. I mean, mm. if you go, especially if you go on net, like web series and stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, you get people just write hate and do stuff just because they just do. They just troll the internet and, and you know, they, they put negative stuff. And if you really care yeah. about the project and someone says negative stuff, it might not even be so much that you care about what they think, but just to get that negative feedback can be really hard, especially if you're exposing stuff that you're like not comfortable with yet you know what I mean because sometimes I think art we venture into a lot of areas we're not comfortable Mm. initially hopefully yeah sometimes I find not necessarily with with just like criticism or negative feedback but sometimes I, I I find that if if I've done something like if I've written something or or performed something that that I I still stand behind like where I feel so strongly about it. it's like mm-hmm. no like I know that I, I just allowed myself to be honest and vulnerable with this. And if somebody has something negative to say about it, mm-hmm. I'm usually just, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of like, I'm almost okay with it. Like I don't really get my back up about it because I, I know what it is that I did. And that's you know? gold. I think when you can reach that place, like I've reached that place a few times where it's like, I really don't care what mm-hmm. anyone thinks because I'm so proud of this. Or, or, or I feel so good about this. And then the reality check, too, is Google anything and you'll find someone who hates it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some, you know, someone's going to hate David Bowie. Someone's going to hate Shakira. I don't know. Like, anybody, <laughs> right? So if you remember that, it's like, oh, of course I'm going to get negative feedback because not everybody likes everything. Yeah. So. Well, I've heard, I've heard multiple times that if you're not doing something that someone doesn't like, you're not you're not taking up risks. You're not putting it out there because the thing is, is like usually for someone to love something, someone else has to really dislike. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, I don't know, just take like Justin Bieber or something, right? People who love him, but there's people who hate him, but I don't know if they, they just decide like there's, there's for whatever reason, they're not going to like it or they're going to like it. So I think like in some ways the getting someone who doesn't like it is a really good sign. (laughs) <laughs> so please hate my music yeah. so I'll feel good yeah. about it. <laughs> well, and it is it's like nobody is impervious to it I remember sitting in an audition room one time and I heard one of the <clears throat> actors in the room and this was right um, this was right around coming up to Oscar 
season and it was the year that there will be blood had come out and i heard this actor say oh i thought daniel day lewis was uh, was pretty sloppy actually <laughs> <laughs> and i wondered like i was getting angry about it i'm sure daniel day lewis could have like cared less cared about less. it but, I, more than but I was just like <laughs> i'm just sitting there staring at this guy like, i think i might just like punch this person in the face uh, i know that but yeah one time i remember someone said I think Martin Scorsese's overrated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, but I guess people, you know, people have their, their opinions, right? But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. People don't like Wayne Gretzky. They don't like uh, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. You know, it's just top people sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and th- opinions change. I used to not like Wayne Gretzky and yeah. as a kid. Why? Oh, really? <laughs> like, why would I not like him? <laughs> like, he's amazing. Yeah. You know, the more mature you get and the more you learn about the world, you can appreciate, I think, yeah. what things really are yeah. rather than just your reaction to them I, I think that's the thing is i think a lot of the feedback we get as artists when we put stuff out there in the world is it's really random it's like you know someone just decides they don't like something but it's totally unchecked it's just mm-hmm. for whatever reason their friends didn't like it or mm-hmm. you know they were uncomfortable with it or it was mm-hmm. different and they clung to that idea mm-hmm. right so i think as artists yeah you really got to trust your own voice mm-hmm. but for you you've done music and you've produced and you've written and you've done those all together too like yeah. you didn't you just directed you acted you like, <laughs> yeah. like you did like five jobs like, oh my gosh, you've yeah, done more jobs it. than most people have ever done <laughs> no one else on is gonna thing. do it for yeah. me or else i have to pay them <laughs> i don't have that much money yeah. but you're like all corporation you got like everything there you just yeah production company. i think a lot of that will um Thank you to you, Brandon, because that all started when I took your film class. Oh, but yeah. uh, um, I just thought no one else knows what I'm trying to do, so I have to do it. Right. I can't give another director this script because they weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so close to the project. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, I maybe should have hired someone to play me, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not. You know, no, I don't know what happened. I think. Uh, it turned out really well, and I feel really, really close to it. I don't know if I'd want to do that again. Yeah. I, well, you did one of the you did one of the biggest projects. I mean, actually, she did she did my course, the movie maker course, when it was like you know beginning. Yeah. I went into it thinking I was going to do a music video. By the way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And everybody was talking about it, and then I tell everybody, okay, it's going to be a seven to ten page script for your first movie or whatever, and. Uh, was yours like twenty seven pages or something? <laughs> you were like, yeah. You were like that class actually. Like so many people produced, actually fully produced really big movies. But it was crazy because like you guys took on like the whole world. But the thing is, is like when you do that, like it's like part of me never wanted to say no to you because I don't want to like cleave your dreams. But I think like the thing is, is that you you end up building skills that most people don't build, you know, because mm-hmm. to take on that much work and to shoot it with that time frame and as low a budget as you had, mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing, right? Yeah. Thank you. It was yeah. the hardest thing I've ever done. Hands yeah. down. And but I you- fly airplanes. <laughs> 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 oh so. yeah. She flies airplanes too. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. Um, but you know, uh, I'll say that, you know, with, um, one of the projects I did soldiers of the apocalypse, was like monumentally huge for the budget we had and it was the hardest thing I've ever done but now like any project anyone ever puts in front of me is just so easy it's like right it's like just not a big deal like because right. like I'm never phased about anything wardrobe 
props, get a music, sound editing, color correcting, yeah. visual effects, whatever. It doesn't matter. Cast. We had a 42 actors on our little web series. <laughs> like, like dealing with unions that were yeah. trying to charge, you know, all this stuff. So, you know, you, after you deal with that all, you're like, everything's easy after that. right? So, yeah. Well, I hope so. Cause I'd like to make more. Yeah. And if I could have share, share the, like delegate a little bit, I think, wow, right. someone's going to actually help me with this stuff. Someone's going to help me with the wardrobe, you know? Like, yeah, down to the littlest detail. I was, like, running into dress and co or dress so on Hastings looking for little um, scarves for the flight attendants. Like, I should have someone to do that yeah. for me. But now it's like, oh, we don't have any scarves for the flight attendants. I'll go get some. <laughs> I used to do silly things like that. Wearing, like, a million hats. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, no, that's actually, that's actually a good segue into this. Like, you know, um, you know, maybe we can talk a bit about that because you mm-hmm. do wear so many hats mm-hmm. in your life. I mean, you have two bands. You, you fly planes. Like, she's like half the time she's flying around the world in another country. Um, and then you come and you do live shows in the city yeah. and you produce your show. Like, and you manage an acting career. Like, it's crazy. It's like crazy. It's why I'm you, you still are, like, single, Brent. It's, it's why, why I'm you're still single. single. <laughs> you're dating, you're, you're dating the, your, your craft, I guess. Um, yeah, what do you want to know about that? I think I'm a little <clears throat> bit crazy to do all that. <laughs> well, I mean, you seem to manage it all, which is which is pretty amazing. Like, how do you, like, how does it work? How does it, how does it, like, a week or a month, like, you know, a day, how does it all work? Yeah, it's, um... Because I guess you would call it passion. I am so... Like, all I think about most of the time, every day, is music and my next song and how I'm going to finish this song and what gig I'm going to do next is is usually at number one. When I and second is the the latest well the first and latest project I made was Jaguars and you know we did kind of like a short movie and now we're turning it into a web series and I don't know why but I just get so excited so when I go to work it's very um you know you have checklists you know exactly what you're supposed to do it doesn't take any creative juices to make that happen right so I go okay I I take a chunk of four days out of my life where I gotta go to work and I gotta fly an airplane and get people from A to B and then once I'm back all I do is focus on music and and film and what do I have to do today what needs to be done next and I just keep going and I just keep pushing that's amazing that's I think it's really inspirational I mean for you know just so what gets you like what gets you out of bed and gets you doing that I mean we talked about this you know we had one podcast kind of like on endless motivation and what what motivates you to like have that passion have that drive I just think what well the passion and drive I don't know where it comes from I don't know why it's there it just is, you know, like when you do something and you get, oh my gosh, and you get that fire in your belly yeah. and you know that you love it. Um, I, it, I tell you, it's really hard when I come back from a trip, when I, when I go to work, work, because I don't have that fire in my belly for flying. It is a job and I mm-hmm. like it, but it's like, okay, I can't <clears throat> wait to get back to my, to my stuff. And then I'm so tired that there, the first couple days I have to convince myself to get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I don't have the fire in my belly I haven't touched you know my music or my film for a few days and I'm kind of disconnected from it and I have to convince myself intellectually to start working on it it's like I really don't feel like it I just want to yeah. sleep or I want to you know go for brunch with my friends um, but I just think it's like going to the gym when you don't want to go to the gym 
you go, well, I know I'm going to feel better after. Yeah. And the, the, the other choice is to not do it. Mm-hmm. And how crappy would I feel to not do it? Right. Know, to not accomplish these things in my life, that I, that's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I do have to do a little bit of intellectual jockeying with myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then once I get into it, it's like going to the gym, you know. Once you get into your, you feel <clears throat> so good. So, okay, I don't want to pick up the guitar, but... I have this album that I said I'm going to finish by May, so I pick up the guitar, and then after five minutes on the guitar, I'm, like, in the zone, and I forgot all about not being in the zone. And not all the time. Sometimes after ten minutes, I'm like, I got, I feel like an empty shell. <laughs> Nothing's coming out. Yeah, but you still do it. But that, that's, yeah, some days you have crappy workouts at the gym. You go, well, that like, sucked. Yeah, it's discipline. Well, you know, Evan plays the guitar every now and then to oh, break cool. his creative... You play, like, that's that's something, that exercise you taught me about. Yeah, that was, like, it was something I started doing before, um, like, I just play just for playing, but it's something I started doing, um, before, before I would, I would begin writing, like, working, when, working on a script and stuff, I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time playing music, because, I mean, it's been scientifically, they've monitored, like, you know, there's always been known the benefits of listening to music and what that can do, like, to your brain, but playing music actually gets, like, your left and right hemispheres just, like, firing like crazy. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, one thing I want to, to ask you, like, I've never, like, I've, I've attempted, like, jotted down words, like, and, and a few (laughs) chords trying to write a song and always just been like, this is crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is such <laughs> crap. This is such garbage. You know, like uh-huh. I, like I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, this is like I I, I hate all of it. <laughs> so, like, like, but it's yeah. But I mean, it's something that like has always been something that's like in my mind of being like you know like writing a song, writing a song. Yeah. You know, and something like that. I know I want to do. I want to. This is it's a mm-hmm. something I want to endeavor upon at some point okay um what what could you tell me as somebody (laughs) who is just like has attempted writing a few songs and thrown them in the garbage what would you what would you say to to me okay listen very carefully (laughs) (laughs) just do it just write it and if it's crap it's crap and if it's good it's good um I, and I'm so glad, I think David Bowie even said this, I keep using David Bowie, I don't know why, he's in my mind right now, um, but I, li- like, I love David Bowie, and I really hate some of his songs, I'm yeah. like, God, this is crap, <laughs> <laughs> next, yeah. you know, um, and the fact is, you're gonna write crap songs, even if you're David Bowie, you know, even if you're Prince, yeah. I bet you he's written some crap songs. They probably were really grooving, but as a song, <laughs> they yeah. were probably crap. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think there's any album I've ever made, and I've made, I think I'm on my fifth album, uh, or with Jaguars, there has been a point where I'm like, this is shit, and I'm quitting. <laughs> I have no right to make movies, I have no right to write music, and I don't know why that happens, but um, you can't be objective. You cannot be objective. So if you want to write something, just write it. That's it. 
That's the key. <laughs> Let's do it. There it is. Yeah. I should have seen that one coming. <laughs> I feel like we've said that so many times. I, I, I loved every minute of that. I was so good. Like, I listen. And it was so good because, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm like musically illiterate. So like, I don't know like nothing, but I, uh, um, but it's, it's just, it's so, it's the same as like writing a script. It's just the same. Just, you just got to write it. Yeah, you know? it it's, totally is. Like, and you know, I imagine with a song, you could write it and it would be written and you have the thing there and then you could edit it. You could change it. You could oh, do yeah. something with it. Right. But like I find with the script, if I don't complete the script, I'll, I can get caught in like basically purgatory editing forever. It's like incomplete purgatory editing. It's like mm-hmm. the worst place you can be in a, as a screenwriter, I think. So like mm-hmm. I always tell people, and I said this on the last podcast, I probably said it a thousand times, but it's like write it first and then edit it later. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, even, you know, even when you think it's good, it probably isn't good. You know? like, yeah, even your first and guy. someone's gonna hate it. Remember our conversation yeah. earlier? Someone will hate it, <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Charlie the yeah, cat. He's jumping in. Charlie the studio cat. Um, I think that's a common thing in in making albums too. Is like, yeah. oh no, let's let's just add this and let's take away that. When you're when you've got all the beds down, you've got the vocals down, and like oh, maybe we should bring in a string choir right. or is, is that string orchestra yeah. <laughs> then we get the choir oh we could do this and it's like stop the madness like yeah. it's done <laughs> it's done right you know so um lots of times it's helpful to have a producer but then you end up fighting with the producer because he thinks it's done and you don't or right. vice versa and it's it's maybe that's why i, I can do both because they're so similar and mm-hmm. they fuel each other and you know, it's like a it's, everything has a start, beginning, and an end. Everything has an each song has an arc, each act has an arc, each storyline has an arc. It's so similar. Right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, how did you learn? How did you learn songwriting? How did that all come about? Oh, I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> she looked it up. I and My boyfriend at the time, Jesse Zubat, he's a very good local musician, um, bought me a guitar when I was 20, I think, and I knew three chords. I knew C, E minor, and A minor, and that's it. So I'm like, I'm going to write a song with these three chords, (laughs) and I did. Wow. And, um... Yeah. So you're saying there's hope for me because I know about three chords. Oh yeah, we should write one right now. We could do the first time on your podcast. Brandon writes a song. Well, we could. Well, be well. Sure, I'm gonna pull out the guitar. You guys talk about something. All right. Um, So like, like, so do you often like have an idea for a song before you sit down, or is it like no, never, never, never? Like, so you pick up your guitar, Mm -hmm. you just you begin with. with a chord or almost always it starts on my guitar and I just noodle around and actually what I tried to become a really good guitarist I'm like I'm gonna be a good guitarist so I'd start practicing and then a melody would come into my head I'm like oh that's kind of cool and then I would segue I would just forget about practicing and work on this melody because I got so excited about it so I had to resign to the fact I'm never gonna be a good guitar player but I'm a songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And so your your music like like musically <laughs> like <laughs> musically oh. like the chords and all of that, like the melody comes together mm. 
first for you and then the words come uh, or does it I mean I'm yeah. I know that that can it can like so many different ways that this can happen like um I've I've referenced this one particular uh story about Tom Petty or sorry not Tom Petty uh Tom Waits <laughs> Tom Tom's Waits they're both good yeah absolutely <laughs> Pick a Tom anytime um and, uh, you know, in this interview, he was talking about sort of his creative process and when he's in studio and how, you know, he has all these incredible metaphors for how he writes a song. Just like he's, where he says, like, some of them feels like you're digging potatoes out of the dirt. And some of them are just like, like, are just like across my eyes, like I can see them. And others, he has to send everybody out of the studio and he, and have a talk with this song to basically be like, listen, like we're, we're recording this album. Like you've like, you're, you're either going to come to me and you're going to be on it or you're moving on. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes it moves on and sometimes it comes to him. Right. So it's like, it's interesting. I don't know if you can draw any sort of like, uh, parallels or any sort of, well, additions to that yeah um well it it's you know sometimes i've thought of a really cool melody uh just from usually playing on my guitar like i say and i don't know what the song is about but i have a feeling of what it's about right you know i know it's i know it's about pushing through life or i know it's about sorrow or i know it's about heartbreak but i have no lyrics right you know um, and sometimes, very rarely this happens, but I, I used to write down my thoughts a lot. Like, I wouldn't call it poetry, but just kind of write down my thoughts. And sometimes it would sound poetic, like, years ago. And then I would, one of them would pop in my head. And I'm like, oh, maybe those lyrics would work with this idea. And right. so I'd fish it out because I keep everything and, uh, you know, get out this oh, r- cool. yeah, rattled piece of paper. That's <laughs> really cool when that happens. I don't know if that was meant to be or or whatever. Right. Um, but that's really cool. But Song usually, comes back around to you. Yeah. Um, but usually I just get, the melody pops in. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I start singing gibberish to it. And then slowly words develop on their own. And then usually about 80% of the song... Um, reveals itself to me and then to make it rhythmically work or rhyme if I want it to then I have to do the other 20% of actual okay what rhymes with ache (laughs) 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 cake no that's not gonna work (laughs) do you you feel like uh with songwriting like do you do you feel like you have to like have some sort of like a a rhyming sort of like thing to it like because one of my one of my favorite lyricists um today is uh, Mark Kozalek, who okay. was part of Red House Painters. He's, he's, he's more so now under his new band, Sun Kill Moon. And uh, his, his, lyrically, he's so, he's so interesting. Like, like, a lot of his songs, like, there's no, there's no rhyming. Like, nothing rhymes in it. Okay. And a lot of the words just seem kind of like they just, like, trail off. Like, they were almost like this side thought. Like, it's a stream of consciousness, almost, some of his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but... Like there's different forms, there's different ways. So do you feel like like you have to make everything rhyme? Like you have to have some kind I of structure? I don't feel like I have to, but I usually like to. Right. Yeah. It's and then preference. when I depart from it, it's uh, it's just because it feels right in the song. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the stream of consciousness thing. I did a project called Shanghai Baby. 
Uh, my friend Ken Latour had all this music, and he's like, I need some zing, some vocals on it, and you want to come sing on it? I'm like, okay. So we just played it, and I just started singing. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's brilliant. Where did that come from? And some of it didn't rhyme, and some of it did, um, and I loved it. So I should do that again. I, yeah. Yeah, collaborating's hard because I'm here and there and all over the place, but... Uh, yeah, I think you just got to try things and see what works. Yeah. Uh, one of my, you know the song Take the Money? I did that yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy video for it. Yeah. Um, that, I was just walking in a park, in Hyde Park in London, and I was going for a walk before I had to fly back, and I was I was um, mad at my life because <laughs> I was like, why am I a pilot? I'm such an artist. I don't want to do this flying thing anymore. I should be home writing a song. And I was like, rrr, rrr. <laughs> <laughs> And then this song formed in my head, like all probably within 30 seconds, I had this song in my head about being frustrated with the world. And oh, really? That's yeah, where that came from? That's where that came from. I had, I had the horn section in my head, I had the lyrics, I had the melody, and I had the drums, you know, because it was this big band kind of drum thing. I don't know where it came from, but uh, I'm like, and I was, you know, I'm a, kind of an indie rock kind of chick, so I'm like... Yeah. What am I gonna do with this swing tune? I don't know. <laughs> but it was so in my head, and I went, "Oh, I made a promise to myself. I wasn't gonna censor myself, so I have to at least record it." Yeah. And we pulled it out at, at a few gigs, and everybody loved it. And then, yeah, someone approached yeah, me. Yeah, I love that song. Thank you. you. It's on YouTube, the video. Yeah. Okay, we'll yeah. make sure to post that to the blog of the podcast. Oh, cool! Yeah. It's called "Take the Money." T Riley. T Riley. Yeah. And then the latest one is called Swing Out. Swing Out. Now I'm confusing everybody because those are both swing tunes. <laughs> but we'll make sure that they get access to it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Our people. Drop my poster. <laughs> Our people. <laughs> Hello, people. So we got the guitar in your hands now. Oh, So what's going to happen here? Oh, you going to play, I play I'd like a little something? A little background. It's kind of nice, actually, you know? I like Just having musicians on. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that first song. Yeah, so here it is. What did I say? Yeah, so C, C E minor, minor. A minor. A minor. Okay, how did it go? So my very, very first song went, Why are you starting to waver? I know I pushed just in You can still make me quiver Don't judge like you did <laughs> right from the start And it just keeps going like that You're forgetting who you are <laughs> Well, see, now, if I had a voice like that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Well, of course, you know, let's write a song. Brandon's dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've suddenly got flesh. <laughs> I, know, I got a little shy singing. That's, That's awesome. Well, you never know where this podcast is going to go, especially on a not-so-serious Sunday. That's right. To not-so-serious Sunday. To not-so-serious Sunday. Yeah, let's Yay. do another cheers. Another beautiful day. And beautiful beer. Beautiful day, beautiful beer. Hopefully it's well. If it's Beautiful raining, people. if it's raining Aww. on your podcast, listen. <laughs> Enjoy the sun for us. Yes. <laughs> should I tune this thing? Yeah, it's, it's a little off. Yeah. A little off. Maybe we should hear from. 
Yeah. From, oh, uh, Evan. <laughs> and you, can't, you, you didn't see it, but she just smiled at me. <laughs> just just do, it. do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Play a little, uh, it. little riff for us. Play a little riff. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm always, uh, I always gravitate towards kind of like bluesy and blues rocky kind of stuff. Nice. Oh, he's a really good hair player. something I was jamming with <laughs> recently. And I was like, I don't know, I don't have yeah. any words to it, but it's like, I'm like, yeah, I kind of like this droning sort of, sort of thumping kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. The blues. Blues, nice. blues rooted stuff. Yeah, that's great. I don't, always, I don't know why it speaks to a white guy from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It does. Hey, everybody gets the blues. <laughs> Indeed. Right Indeed. So mm-hmm. when you're so so creating, so creating songs, mm-hmm. it's mostly just do it. Just sit down. Um, you know, you're. It seems like you're taking thoughts from all sorts of things. You're taking. Mm-hmm. You're having a. You're having a thought. You're writing it down. You're journaling. You're bringing it poetry, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happening in one part of the process. And another part of the process is you're coming up with maybe another portion of the song, like maybe the rift or maybe something else. And then you're finding a way to kind of, like sometimes things just fit. Is that a lot of how this is working? Sometimes things just fit, but usually they don't, yeah. and I have to make them fit. Right. Yeah. And I just try different different things. Um, you know, usually I'll write a verse or, or a chorus will happen kind of in its on its own. It's its own entity. Entity. I'm like, oh, that's a really, that could be a really good chorus. Yeah. Right, right. I need a verse now. So I like reach what goes, you know, what chord goes well with a D minor? Uh, what chord doesn't go well? Maybe I'll try that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe it'll be a weird chord and it'll, no one will like it but me. Right. You know, but it feels good. Um, or sometimes, and then sometimes you do that and it's like, you know what? I think I'm going to make the chorus the verse and just switch it up and, Someone told me, uh, a good producer told me that you should do that to every song. Dismantle it and try different things. That, I don't know, I don't do that that often if I don't have to. If I really like something and it rings true to my gut, I just leave it. Right. But, but maybe like, if there's something that's not working, like then, there's something that's not quite hitting the mark, it yeah. might be a good time to do that. Actually, that's a really good point because in my earlier writing days, if it was a... F- I thought it was a fairly good song, and if peop- I looked to other people, if they liked it, but something in the song didn't feel good to me, like one chord or a little section, I'd, I'd let it go. And now it's like, no, no, if it's <laughs> not right, it's not right, and you need to fix it. Right. <laughs> you know? it's so like you're trusting your instinct more. Yeah. Yeah, you're trusting your, like, you know, whatever's yeah. going on inside of you. Yeah. Totally, totally. And when you... You talked about like you know you had the song come to you and you had there's like a horn section in it <laughs> yeah. and you had all this stuff. Do you do you find that you you tend to steer towards you know almost underproducing a song or do you like to like really have it like fully fleshed out because you know I'm a big 
I like more is more. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> love Unless like it's a beautiful little acoustic tune that you know a little gem that it shouldn't be touched that I feel is delicate. But usually I love layers. I love lots of layers, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of producers, and especially in Vancouver, don't. They don't want to sound too polished. But when I layer, I don't know if it sounds polished. Um, that's actually my next album. Again, again, whenever I put out a song that I'm like, oh, people are going to think it's too overproduced because I'm layering the vocals too much and I'm doing... Uh, screw it. That's what I want to do and that's what I hear. And if you right. think it's too polished, then don't listen to it or, <laughs> <Yeah>. or whatever. <clears throat> and again, everybody's loving it. So... Well, I think, you know, if if, uh, if producers and everybody always got what they wanted, they would, in some <laughs> ways, just make everything sound the same as something else. Yeah. You know, because or it would be them and not the artist. Yes. Yeah, or that. Yeah. yeah. And that, um, yeah, and that's what happened. Oh my gosh, my last album called "Eat Your Heart Out" um, might be the one you have yeah, in your car. We were, yeah, we were recording at um, Fader Mountain Sound with Winston Hoschild, who's a great, uh, great guy, great producer, but his ideas, I think, he likes more stripped down, like you were saying, or you were saying. Um, and we were, you know, at a doing this a lot, and then we had we were we were like tapping heads, <laughs> and a civil disagreement. Yeah, so we were going to record this next song, which I felt really great about, and uh, he's like, "Okay, well, we need a different feel." I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, that has the same feel as this other tune that we just recorded. And I'm like, so? (laughs) And he's like, well, I won't record it. I can't record it. We need a a different feel. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm open. Like, what, what are you thinking? So we're trying all these different things. And all of a sudden, my lovely little song, my song, was like... I don't know, if you take the baby analogy, it was yeah. like, someone's like, let's make her goth. No, let's make her a princess. No, let's make her this. And I was like, ah, my baby. And it got, so, it was so silly now looking back, but I started crying, like sobbing and thinking, I'm not ready to do this. I'm a bad musician. I don't know what I'm doing. And then Ryan or Winston, bless his heart, he's like, we need some tequila. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So, well, that's what we did off to the tequila store. <laughs> and um, we abandoned... The tequila it. store. Yeah. <laughs> Musicians yeah, right? buy their alcohol from different places. Yeah. <laughs> they go straight to the store. <laughs> Flew to Mexico, got the... No. Um... Yeah, and we ended up doing Not My Feel. It A lot of people like it, and it was, I think it's good, but I know it was a mistake in hindsight, and maybe I'm the only one who would like it better, but I still can't listen to that song without thinking, damn it, I wish I would have stuck to my guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's really what this show is about. It's like the art, artist integrity. How do you keep your integrity and still meet the demands? So, what would have happened had you said no? I'm not okay with the way we're bending this, or, or the way we're 
I don't know what you'd put. Filtering it, framing it, setting yeah. it up, dressing this baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, what would have happened? I mean, what was the... Was there yeah. fear? Like, what, like, this is an mm. interesting topic, is why do we compromise yeah. ourselves, you know? And what were you going for? How, how did... I don't know. I asked, like, 17 questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a big factor was definitely time. Um, because we, we had a set, set amount of days in the studio that we had to be finished by. Um, that was our goal. So there's money involved. So each, you know, every right. hour we're wasting trying to find a different feel for a, for a song that I already thought was okay. That's like, okay, I just spent a hundred bucks arguing about, you know, whatever. Um, so the time and the money pressure was there to like, let's decide and let's record. Um, and then, like you said, the doubting, the doubt, because I mean, he's Winston. He's 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 done Hannah Georges. He's he's done all these great. He's produced all these good bands. What do I know? Right. You know, why aren't I listening to the expert? So that was another factor. And I think, uh, especially females, I think we don't want people to be mad at us. Right. You know, if yeah. I said, fuck you, it's my song, we're doing it my way, he might not like me. Right. <laughs> I don't right. know if that came into play or not. It may it may have. It probably did. Um, so those are the top three, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I was also <laughs> worn out. We were tired. We were long days in the studio and things, you know, art. It's art, so it gets really confusing. It's like, what are we even doing that right now? Right. I'm so tired. I don't know what we're... I don't know what the song is anymore, you know? It's just like, let's just do it. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> let's just get something recorded. Well, I guess it's tough, too, because, I mean, everybody... Like, nobody's ever trying to... <clears throat> nobody's... I don't think people are trying to make anyone sell out. I don't think that's happening. I think people yeah. are really trying to add what they think will be the best. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I guess, you know, that that's maybe that, I mean, I know that that can happen as an artist, you know, I, I've been there as a director where we've had to get a shot done and I've compromised on some things and yeah. And I, you know, yeah. and then I see it and I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. But you know, you're right. I mean, that's part of the problem. You know, we got times ticking, you know, everybody's there, you're, you're running behind, yeah. you know, and you got people chirping in your ear saying, you need to do this, need to do that, need to do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right? And yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he, the producer, they, they're they all trying to get their job done. Yeah. He's a job to do. I'm paying him to tell me what to do. Right. You know? So there's, I think every, what I've learned too is not only to stick to my guns, but at the same time, I can't do it alone. I can't make this album alone. So right. sometimes you do have to maybe appease people or just be willing to take 10 years to make an album, maybe. I don't know. But right. even then, you're not going to do it alone. Right. So it's a group effort. And he, he being Winston, the producer, made some of my other songs better. Mm-hmm. from our collaborations so it's not like i'm always right and whatever no yeah but like you say if if something you feel really strongly about that you should listen to like there's other times where i don't feel really strongly about it. it's like okay you like that chord better yeah all right i can go with that chord but sometimes no it has to be that chord or we're not recording this song right and yeah. there's a difference and there's sometimes you just connect with that you know yeah. i i know what you mean i i can't remember one movie that i did and i think i shared this before in an earlier podcast but we were running really late on this one and we had a set built. We were in studio and all this stuff and, uh, we're running behind and the producer came and he said, you know, 
let's go sit outside on the steps and just like have a chat. And so we did. And he was like, I have some ideas of how we could shoot the scene. And it was not the way that I was going to shoot it. I had this really like, well, crafted visual design as a director right. and he's like what we're gonna do is, <laughs> is we're gonna do this in two shots and it's gonna look really cool and he's like he's like are you open to that and I remember being like in that moment checking in and being like yeah I had this idea of how I wanted to shoot it but I wasn't like really attached to it it was kind of like just I think a really complicated way to shoot the scene mm-hmm. and he simplified it and in fact I thought his idea was better even though it was only two shots and mine was probably like six, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, but it was better. And so I think like there's those cases too, where totally. like everybody's trying to help. Right. And I, I think you're right. I think that's when you, when there's something inside you, you go, no, it needs, I need it to be this way. There's something, you know, and I, I have this, I, I don't know how you tell that, but I think it's like when you just, you know, cause I remember being on the steps and like checking in with myself for a second and being like, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's totally cool. You yeah. know, it's, it's a different experience than like, Another experience I could talk about where I was like, ah, oh, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't listen to them, you know, because yeah. I just felt pressured. Totally. Yeah. 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 Picking and choosing your battles. Pick and choose your battles. <laughs> so this is a, so yeah, that's, that's, we're stumbling on some good stuff here. So that's a big part of the, the integrity of being an artist. You know, I always say too, like if people are like watching a movie or they're listening to a song or they're doing something and they're judging it and saying, oh, it could have done better. They could have done this. They could have done that. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't really realize the restraints that were put on that person to get that thing done a lot of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's money, there's people, there's pressure, there's time, there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's deadlines. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I, yeah. the, Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, 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 go, go. Oh, go. I'm the guest. I get yes. to talk. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so one of the first scenes we shot for Jaguars was in the YVR airport, the international airport. They gave us the East Concord. I don't know how we worked that, but but I but we did. And the day before, uh, someone from the airport said, "Do you have your? I think it was Workers BC BC Workers Comp um, insurance. Work safe. Work safe. Yeah, work safe. Yeah. I think it was that insurance. It was some form of insurance. And I was like, um, No, I have this. Isn't that enough? They're like, No, you need this. So I'm like, okay, no problem, I'll get it. And she's like, we need it by 5 p.m. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did what I had to do. Meanwhile, I'm running around getting flight attendant scarves and doing the catering and talking to the DOP. And we just lost our camera focus pullers, so I'm looking for another one. You know, it's one of those crazy, crazy days. Um, you know, it's midnight. Or sorry, back up to it's like quarter to five and I still don't have this insurance. So I get the insurance. I run home. I go to fax it and it's five Oh two when the fax goes through. Oh man. And I'm like, Holy shit. So I call the office (laughs) (laughs) to see if they got it. Nobody answered the phone. Oh no. I have about 20 actors, 20 crew, 10 extras, catering people, makeup people, camera people, all showing up at the YVR airport at 6 a.m. I don't know if they're going to let us shoot. Oh, man. So, <laughs> Talk about pressure. I'm like, what do we Stress. do? <laughs> I guess we just go and hope for the best. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so we drove there, and you know, I'm getting calls from everybody. My dude, hey, where do we go for this? And where do we go? And I'm like, okay, I don't know. And I walk in, I'm just waiting for someone to come over and say, stop, you have no right to be shooting here. <laughs> but that didn't happen. So yeah. we just shot, and the whole day I was like, just waiting for someone to shut us down. Yeah. Turns out they, they accepted it. So, well, see, that's, you know, that's, I'm glad you shared that because you acted in this movie you produced it and you wrote it and all that so like you know just the and I know what you mean because earlier you said you know maybe I should have got someone else to play the part because it's hard to be an actor when you're producing and you have that type of stress over top of you like this you know it's it's hard to just be in the moment and do and do your thing I mean I think that you're building skills when you do that that are like far beyond what most people ever have to do and I, I although you might not get although the performance and the way you do the part might not have worked out, you might not have been as relaxed as you could have. I think you build something as a person, you know, I think as an artist, you know, in the scheme of things, you're, you know, it's like my, it's like Gabe who's on the show. One of my mentors, he says, you know, you're infinitely creative. This is just one of the many things you're going to create. You know what I mean? So, but think about all the lessons you learned. Oh man. So many, but then people don't realize and it doesn't really matter, but at least, you know, like, yeah, Yeah. like you were putting a lot, you had a lot of pressure on you. And also you were doing that. You were doing a big scene in that movie from what I understand. Right. So, you know, we don't always know, like when we judge a movie and we look at it and we go, Oh, they could have done it better. It's like, yeah, (laughs) if you would have done it under those circumstances or anybody would have, I mean, I mean, it was pretty funny because we're shooting some of my scenes and, uh, so, some of the pilots, well, the, the fake pilots are coming up like, how do I put up Teresa? How do I put on this epaulette? Like, (laughs) Oh my God. I really, I have to help you put, I'm, I'm acting over here. (laughs) Teresa, what, what ties do you want the Japan airline guys to wear? The red or the black? I don't care. Pick a color. But to, to, you know, someone has to decide these things. And it was me. (laughs) Is there somebody who's going to be watching this? Just like, Japan Airlines doesn't wear red ties. (laughs) They don't wear red ties. This is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, yeah. So, you know, independent film. It's an amazing world. (laughs) Yeah. It was was so fun, though. Yeah. I didn't know something so stressful could be so fun. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, you look back in a way and you're like, you know, creating these things is sometimes like the best time of your life, you know? It's uh, wildly, wildly crazy at the time. But, you know, I think the only time that I really got stressed out while I've been doing a project where I've been playing multiple hats is when I got really caught up in the end result of it. You know, like, oh, I need to be a certain way or I need to do this for my career or whatever. But when I'm like in the moment of making a movie and enjoying it and being like, it's amazing. It doesn't really even matter what's going wrong. Um, Brandon, can I just say that I think that's why I finished mine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because I didn't care about the result. I just wanted to do it. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Good point. (laughs) If I had a result and an expectation, maybe I would have bailed because it was too hard or I don't know. I imagine a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I I think that's being out of your integrity as an artist is like when you're worried about what this thing's supposed to be at the end of it. Right. I mean, we do, I mean, we, we make movies or I I suppose write songs or do whatever, paint, Mm -hmm. but you do that because you actually love doing the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I, I think about this too, like, uh, and I've talked about this recently a lot, but the, the screenwriting, if I'm worried about if the script's good or if I'm worried about if they'll like it, or I'm worried about if it's going to win an Oscar or something, 
I'm not in the moment of writing the script. I need to be in the moment of trying to figure out what the character's going to do because his mom just died or something. You know what I mean? Like, I need to figure that out. I don't need to figure out, like, will the audience be emotionally, like, moved? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, not really. Like, who cares? Like, right now, what is this guy going to do that this happened, you know, or or whatever? And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't matter anything. Like, in the moment, you're just there and you're, that's what you're doing. It's kind of like Meisner, you know, like the acting. Oh, yeah, well, just, yeah, with, with, I was going to say with acting in general, I mean, it's like you go in and you're like, oh, I've got to be great. I've got to be great. I've got to have somebody in tears by the end of this or whatever, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, like, you know, there's no way that you really have any control over that at all. I mean, and like nobody, yeah, like how can, how can you somehow preemptively say, I'm going to be get out there and be brilliant. Like you just, you you don't even really know what that is. You know, the only way where you might find brilliance is by engaging moment to moment in, in the craft of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Johnny Depp says, Oh, the key to acting is don't care. Like really don't care. But to not care authentically but, but is impossible. I, I, I don't think when he's saying that, he's saying, because I think he cares very deeply. Because if you look at the work and the creativity he puts into what oh, he yeah. does, he, that's not a guy who doesn't care. But clearly a guy who doesn't care what it does for him. I mean, he doesn't... Or what I, people yeah, are going to say about yeah. him, not giving a fuck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love how yeah. that started off. Yeah. <laughs> that launched us so like, well. Give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it's the, you're right. I think he does give a fuck about the story and he does give a fuck about humanity. And that's why he's so good. Because he doesn't care if they hire him for the next whatever and pay him $20 million. It seems like, anyway. Do you, Johnny? (laughs) Do you, Johnny? Let us know. Call us right (laughs) now. (laughs) There's there's this really great um, Aldous Huxley quote that that I absolutely love. And, you know, I won't recite through the whole thing partially because I can't remember the whole thing, but, um, you know, it was saying whatever it is you do, do it, do it lightly, even though you feel it deeply. Mm. Oh, interesting. And yeah. And the whole thing, That's like cool. he says lightly, lightly throughout the whole thing where it's just, right. you know, and, and, you know, I think that pertains to what we're talking about yeah. here. It's just like, you know, you do, you feel this thing so deeply, but like, you've got to do it with a sense of lightness, with a sense of joy about it. Because yeah. if you're, if you're so, you know, stressed heavy and, and stressed with like the, the, the meaning of everything and the, and what this thing needs to do or what mm-hmm. you need to be or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it, it's going to make it impossible or next to impossible mm-hmm. or you, you probably will stop enjoying the process. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that really early in acting and I, you might remember Brandon, you were in my acting class, the very first acting class I ever took in my life. And I had a scene, it was supposed to be fairly comical, and I was this um, really nervous, neurotic person who never likes to go out, and I go to this woman's house to get a manicure, because she faked that I won this manicure. It's from that play. It's, no, it's from, (laughs) uh, or maybe it was a play, but it's The Fisher King, The Fisher. Oh, The Fisher King, okay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know the one. Right, I played Amanda Plummer's Uh, characters. So anyway, I come and this was my first acting class ever and I hadn't acted for like since high school kind of thing or college. So I was thinking, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm in with all these professionals. And so 
I gave up any notion at all that I might be good. Yeah. And I went, oh, I bet you these, after, like, everyone's going to laugh at me and think, why is she in this class? And I was, I just resigned to the fact that, okay, I'm going to be really shitty and that's okay. Yeah. Like, it takes a while to be good at stuff. It's, it's okay that I'm going to suck. And I was really, really, really okay with the fact that I was going to suck. In fact, I was almost decided I was going to suck. So anything would be like gravy. <laughs> so we went in there and we did our scene and you guys were howling. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then as soon as I realized that I was doing okay and you guys were laughing, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make him laugh some more. Right. And I'm going to make him laugh some more. And all of a sudden the scene went. and I was so not funny when I was like okay I'm gonna suck let's just do this it was great and I learned instantly that as soon as you try and be good you're gonna suck yeah. yeah. So it's so it's that's so true. That what an amazing awareness to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, once you start asking for the laugh, once you start asking for, you know, the people to have some sort of an emotional response in your performance, yeah. I mean then then yeah, you're not connected to what you're doing at all. How can you be? Right. <clears throat> because no. it's become a completely ego driven thing at that point. Yes. It's like your ego's driving the train now and it's just like, yeah, I got some laughs, I'm gonna get some more laughs and at the end they're gonna be in tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, everyone's just like I don't know what the hell happened yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah she sucked. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny, I don't I I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with that, you know, John Patrick Shanley uh, Italian-American Reconciliation and all that? Yep. Well, no, what? Italian-American Reconciliation, the play that he, the play that oh, he wrote. I'm claim. nope, Well, sorry. I did a scene from it. Okay. I did the scene with Aldo where he comes up to the deck and he's tr- trying to, you know, talk to this woman. And it was really funny because there's this moment, and it's actually recorded, uh, but um, I was really really emotionally upset in this moment. <laughs> like, genuinely hurting inside as I was trying to tell her this. And I tell her I tell her this thing, and everyone in the audience laughs through this whole part. And it's so funny, because I wasn't trying to be funny at all. I was just yeah. really, like, trying to communicate something, which is because I wasn't trying to be funny, because I was actually just com- communicating some kind of truth that I was connected to, it was hilarious, because... That's, I mean, the, the writing was set up that it, that it was funny, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, if you tried to be funny, it wouldn't be funny. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, it's yeah. because this person doesn't have, have the awareness that, no. you know, what they're doing is necessarily funny. You know, it's like, it's, it's just through that sort of commitment to, to the truth of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, that remind you know, uh, like Wolf of Wall Street, you know, like I did not expect to laugh as hard as I did when I went to see that movie. I didn't think it was going to be a funny movie, but it was hilarious. Yeah. Was so good, it was yeah. so funny, but none of them were doing it for like, when you think of the scenes that unfold in that film and the stuff that you're laughing at in that film, it's not really that funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, and that's the thing too is, I think that's the thing with acting like so much, you know, is that it's, it's so much about being connected in that moment. And like, you're not a comedian. You're not like aware you're as the character, you're not aware that it's funny. You know, most of the time, you know, it's like when comedians play like in a comedy, like 
there's sometimes it's funny, but like, for example, like take Vince Vaughn or Will Ferrell or someone, sometimes they, they're really big, really goofy. But I find that when they're in the moments that are the most funny to them in the character, it's very, very important to them. Like, it's not like, Oh yeah. It's like, they don't realize. You can't laugh at yourself. Yeah. And be funny. No. You just can't. No, you have to be vulnerable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to like be open. And I think, I think the reason why they're so good is because they, they know how to tap into that vulnerability. They might understand that it's funny, but while they're doing it, it's like very in the moment. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You're playing your objective, whatever that is, or or your emotionality. Sure. You're not worrying about the circumstances of the scene that might make it funny. Right. You're just worried about your character and what you're feeling. I, I remember I did a scene from, um, True West by Sam Shepard. And, um, it's with these two brothers and one of them's trying to write a, like get the other one to write a script for him. And, and it, yeah, he's like a criminal. Yeah. He's like a criminal. He's been like, they're just so different from each other. And you know, like, you know, one guy's like a blue collar dude who drives trucks and steals people's TVs. And the other one (laughs) is like, you know, was, is like the only one in the family who got like educated and is, you know, a struggling screenwriter. And so he's doing this for his, for his brother. And I remember performing this scene and, and there was this one point, like I was so angry. I was so angry in like at him in this scene. Like I was like, I was physically shaking. I was like, I was so angry and I can't. And the line came out. Um, he says a line and he's like, let's not, let's, let's sit down. Let's not get upset (laughs) and whatever. Right. But like, I didn't plan for, for that necessarily to happen. Like for me to be that livid, but people were just howling. Like they just thought it was so funny. It just kind of was this perfect storm of Mm -hmm. the way that the dialogue went and everything. But I was, I was fuming. Like I was actually fuming. Mm -hmm. I didn't think there was anything funny about what's going on. (laughs) But then later I was able to go, yeah, that's funny. Actually, that's really funny. (laughs) That's why I think like theater actors are, are, can be so amazing because they have to get back up knowing like after you do your performance that evening or that afternoon, and then you know, Oh, that's why that was funny. (laughs) And then to be like, okay, I got to remove that from my mind because that is useless now. Because if you tried to walk into that Mm -hmm. with your next thing. Mm -hmm. I know, right? Like, and if you do a play and then one night the audience laughs hysterically and then the next day to do that again and try not to want that result. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's all. You gotta not How? give a fuck, Teresa. You gotta not give a fuck. You gotta be able to be okay. You gotta be able to be okay with with not getting that response. And be like, yeah, it might not happen. Yeah, but even even being okay with it and not expecting it are two different things. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. you, it happened already, and you're doing the exact same thing again. So you got not only do you have to be okay with it, you almost have to forget it happened yeah which you can't but you kind of can if you why acting is kind of delusionary you know you got to delude yourself you gotta gotta forget you know you gotta be very forgetful yeah well i mean (laughs) dory the fish well my my mentor larry silverberg he says like every you know every time you do it you know every every moment has to be has to be lived as if it's for the first time every single time. Yeah. You know, well, and, that's and, the ideal. And, yeah, that's the ideal. How do you and but, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's through that recognition that 
you know, it's like, I, you, you know, this got this, this response, this connected to people, you know, I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with having that knowledge. It's like, you know what, people really connected to this, to this moment. There was something that hit them, whether that made them laugh or it made them, you know, upset or what have you. Um, you know, I think that that's, there's nothing wrong with having that awareness, but knowing that the best way for you to achieve that connection again is, is by not, not trying to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, the, that's the key, but there is no one who can tell you exactly how to do that. You know what I mean? Well, you know, only you can. I mean, you know, one thing I remember I had this discovery and it it was, uh, in acting class, but I remember being like, um, no one was, there was no sound in the audience. The audience was, was nothing, but we're doing a scene. And then I remember afterwards, a bunch of people came up to me and they were like, I was in tears. I was like, you know, and, and I, and everyone had laughed before and for whatever reason, things that took a turn, you know, probably from the direction of the teacher to try doing something else. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, you know, there's this part of me that like when you're, when you have a live audience where I'm kind of, it's like, you kind of hear it and you don't really acknowledge it, but you know, it's there. And sometimes you hear it more cause you're waiting for it. But I learned that the sound of the audience or the response to the audience is not a great gauge because, you know, I thought when it was funny, it was better. But then I found out that people were actually moved in the next version of it. And I think what the teacher, I think it was Matt, actually, Matthew Harrison. Mm-hmm. I think what he was trying to get us to do was to get it to be funny, but then to get it and direct it in another way where it would be emotional. And then ultimately in the next week is to actually make it meet those two in the middle. Oh, yeah. Right? And, but once you kind of find those two things as an actor and you bring them together, you realize, oh, there's there's this huge range there, right? Yeah. yeah. But your gauge as a, as an actor, if you're going for the affirmation of the laugh, you know, you could be up there thinking like, um, maybe right. what I'm doing is totally shit. Right. But like, there was a part of me, I think in that moment where I, I guess the reason why people responded, cause I was just like, well, fuck. It's like, what are you going to do? You're like, we're doing this. <laughs> like, it's not, you know, I think that's actually like, it's almost like when you, it's, it's a surrender, you know, like when you kind of give up to the, yeah. I need it to be in a certain way. Yeah. Like certain stuff happens that, you know, you don't, you don't even know. Cause you don't know how people are going to respond to something, you know, yeah. I'm always surprised. Like even when I was sharing that story about the Shanley play, I was so surprised that people would laugh at that part. When I read the script and broke it down and did all my work, I didn't think it was that funny. Like Mm. in hindsight, I look at it now and I go, well, it's kind of obvious. But at the time I, when I read those lines, I was like, yeah, that's what it's like. (laughs) (laughs) That's the truth. You know, like I, and I, I connected to it that way. It wasn't, it wasn't a joke moment for me. Yet it was one of the funniest moments in the, in the play. Right. Yeah. That was mind blowing to me about acting was this comedy thing. Cause I'd never really thought about comedy is a different genre and then what you have to do I just thought some things are funny and some things aren't some people are good at comedy and some people aren't and then I took Matthew's class a, a, um, a comedy weekend intensive or something and I had yeah. again no expectations which was fabulous and uh, I had my scene and my scene was I was driving and I was really upset about my life and my, I think the line the end line was uh, I haven't been to a movie in weeks. And this was, but I was like having a breakdown. Like, right. <laughs> I know I don't get to shop anymore. I don't, cause I had kids or something. I'm like, I haven't seen a movie in weeks. 
And so, you know, we do it, and I'm trying to be funny, and I'm over, you know, overplaying, whatever I'm doing, I don't know. And then Matthew says, okay, Teresa, like, think about the time, a time in your life when, like, you were devastated, or the rug was pulled out from, right out from under you, your whole world was shattered. And I know what that is for me. You know, he's like, put your head down, think about that. And I just almost instantly was like... And he's like, okay, scene. And we do the scene, and I'm sobbing, and I'm like, and I haven't been to a movie in weeks, and people were howling. And yeah, I was right. like, but I'm really upset <laughs> right now. You're laughing at me. I'm really upset. Because that's the, that's the like that's the funny thing. Like like comedic writers understand the fact that we get really really emotional about really like mundane silly stuff, right? Like, drama, like, I think drama is, like, we when we go into those really heavy, like, like, someone, like, it's a really big thing, so it's not funny, because it's actually really heavy, but it's, like, you know, and it was my favorite spoon. Yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. it so funny, because it's, like, why is this spoon such a big yeah. deal, or this movie, or whatever? You yeah, know? yeah. Like, well, it's, like, the emotion yeah. and what's going on is very real, but, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, it's like, the comedy is, how is it expressed? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. like how is that? How is that framed? How is this emotion put out? Yeah. Right. right, and it's almost like like when you see kids, you know, and they cry over something that you're like trying not to laugh because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> you, know, like, you see that kid Mommy. just smoke his head. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like devastated. It's like, just put on the blue ones, honey. No, I want the red. You know, but they're really devastated. Yeah. That's why it's so hilarious. Yeah, because it's so like, because it's so meaningless ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> As is life. Yeah. Really. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. The red underwear. Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, just dying here. So, uh, do you want to, do you, I was thinking we could wrap it up and, and say our points. Uh, obviously we're all going to say, don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you Why was that funny? Here. Why don't we break that down? <laughs> Someone else is on the I other really end of this podcast to... going, it wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that is funny. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, usually what we do at the end of the podcast, we usually wrap up a point that we got out of it all, out mm-hmm. of it all. And we're like, oh yeah, that's, this is what I learned from this. You know, like usually these conversations lead to something where, you know, there's some kind of thing you're like, oh yeah, I never really looked at it quite that way. So yeah. you can think about that. And, um, I don't know. We have the guitar out still. If you want to do a little, like a real performance, no. <laughs> well, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> or do you do you want to sing your final point? <laughs> yeah. I, we should have a little little pod jam. A little pod jam. All of us together. Yeah. Will I learn? <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn? <laughs> Just don't <Ta-da>. Everyone's just like listening to us laugh for like 20 minutes. It's like, they're drunk. They're drunk again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I always like the end of the podcast. It gets weird. Yeah, just skip. <laughs> just skip like halfway through or so. Um, we have a don't give a fuck. Yeah. Blues. Yeah, no. Just, um, you know, just, uh, yeah, and, and not so serious Sunday. You know, don't, don't take what you're doing 
so damn serious, you know, mm-hmm. like, even though you care a lot about, about whatever it is that you're doing, whatever your vocation is mm-hmm. in your life, you know, it's, it's, uh, you, you gotta enjoy it. You gotta enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and don't, point. and yeah, just don't, don't give a fuck about the stuff that, that you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, can I, I add to that? Yeah, go no, ahead. go yeah. ahead. Take it so away. I, I'm done. I would say very succinct. I hope I'm succinct. Um, give a fuck about the right things, like you say. So I think you should give a fuck, <laughs> but about the art, about yeah. the work. It's yeah. about the song. It's about the story. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. So, And it's not about the audience. Don't give a fuck about them. Don't give a fuck about you. Give a fuck about the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> mic, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> yeah, I think there's. Drop uh, the Yeti. You know what's interesting? I mean, yeah, like I, I mean, yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, this whole talk about not giving a fuck, I think that's the, that's it. I mean, it's you got to care about the stuff. You got to care about doing the craft, the thing you love, and love doing that, and care about love doing that. Um, but don't worry about how it's going to turn out and how people are going to receive it. If you, I think you know, what I'm, what I'm seeing more and more is that if you do it full out and you care about doing it full out, your care will give everything else that it needs. You know, people respond to, to watching you care, you know, like if you care about what they think, I think it's kind of like, it's like awkward. You know, I like, I think of like dating where someone you're around someone and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything all right? Are you having a good time? And you're like, (laughs) Jesus, I am. I'm having a good time. Like, please don't <laughs> ask me again. <laughs> like, I'm starting to not have a good time. And actually, I don't want to tell you I'm not having a good time because it's because of you. <laughs> and I think, like, artistry where we, we're asking, like, are you okay? Are you enjoying yeah. this? I think it's kind of like that awkward totally. date, you know? Like, you know, when you go on a date and someone's, like, really... They're, they're doing their thing, even if it's weird, even if it's odd, but they're like, this is who I am. There's a certain kind of respect, you know, I I think you go, well, you know what, even if I'm not a fit for this, it's like, at least it's authentic. At least it's like, I'm dealing with that person. At least I'm not worried about being fooled or something's going on here. Right. And I think, uh, I think our, our art is a lot like that. It's, uh, it can be an awkward date if we're not <laughs> So stop asking everyone how they're doing and start yeah. just doing what you want to do. Totally. You know? yeah. Don't be the awkward date. Yeah. Be the cool date. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Well, let's, yeah, let's do one more of these. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Salante. Yeah. Is that right? I don't know. What language is that? Irish? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to end this. Are All right, say end goodbye? it. No music. End it. You goodbye. Wanna... Okay, goodbye. No music? Oh, we should have had a T. Riley song queued up. Yeah, we will. Can we can do that. You can? Yeah. Oh. And it's still running. I haven't, I haven't ended this yet. <laughs> Are you good enough? I'm good. <laughs> All right, T. Riley to come. <laughs> That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks. Thanks.